the songs will outlive us, no doubt. I think it's important to make sure that you know, publish your music properly and make sure that you actually like you have your ducks in a row. Quick, quick, baby, Don't get caught up in the rock and roll lifestyle. Concentrate, love and respect your craft while you're doing it. And surround yourself with people that will actually help you see your dreams, you know. Hi, I'm Benji Moody, the host of From the Hip, a podcast that explores the world of music both then and now. The artists, the songs, the ups and downs of careers, the sometimes proverbial sex, drugs and rock and roll, and the stories, many of which are from my nearly 50 years of making music and stars. You know, the wonderful thing about music is its ability to ingrain itself into your DNA. Songs are among the most powerful triggers to human consciousness. You can hear a tune 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 years and beyond after it first entered your oral world, and it flips you back to a time when things seem to be a little less complicated. They are the soundtrack to your life. Love, heartbreak, growing up, good times, bad times. You hear them and you sing or dance along and you remember. In my lengthy career signing, recording and marketing artists in South Africa, there are a handful that stand out and of whom I'm particularly proud. In 1988, I signed a duo from Soweto whose voices and songs were head and shoulders above the then current crop of artists and who went on to make chart history. Songs like Tomorrow, Boys Be Boys, My Life, My Love, My Everything, Heartbreaking Love, Never Never, and of course the biggie, Quick Quick. Mark Alex became part of the pop soundtrack of democracy and rewrote the book on musical crossover. So for me, it's a warm from the hip welcome to Mark and Alex Ranselli, Mark Alex. Guys. Yes. Hi, hi. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Been a long time. That's a fantastic yes. intro there, man. Yeah. Are you talking about us? <laughs> I thought you were talking about other people with their voice. <laughs> no, I wrote that specially for Mark Alex. <laughs> ah, no, it's been great. a long time. We haven't seen each other for... We, we've kind of kept up with each other on Facebook, right? Yes. On Facebook, Social yes. media helps a lot to see what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. But um, we haven't seen each other for years, Benji. Now that I think of it, it's nearly over 30 years. No, no, no. We, we saw each other saw each at each that other, concert. Yeah. Remember, we did yes, that concert yes, 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 in yes. Rudaport in the gardens, yeah. the yeah. botanical gardens, yeah. the working girls and Mango Groove and, right. and Jared, all, Jared, Jared Aston. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that yes. was a good gig, that. It, it was, was. Nice and rehearsed and all, but it was fun, man. I enjoyed that. It was a groove. Now, before we dig into the hit making years, yeah. I just like to find out a little bit about your lives before that time. Who's the older? Mark, you're the oh, oldest, Mark, yes. right? And where and when were you guys born? I, I was born in 1965. Right. Um, yeah, in June. In June. Yes. And you, Alex? 1967 in Soweto, Baragwanath Hospital. And we are born and bred in Soweto, you know. And uh, our, our father is from Lesotho, but we are definitely Soweto boys, basically. Uh, I, I mean, I remember your, your parents, Yolly and Joe, yes. right? Yes. And your sisters yes, yes. as well, Lizzie, was it? Lizzie, Tilly and Eve. I remember them yeah. all at one time when things were all happening, mm. we got together. Yeah. Wonderful folks. Did they play a role in your musical upbringing? I would say ben, music uh, is something that my father loved when he was growing up. I don't think if we took anything from him per se, but I know that we started being interested in music 
from the good old Springbok radio days when radio was the big thing, really. You know, in those days, you listened to the radio and you loved what you hear and you want to emulate. To be honest, I never, myself as Alex, I never thought I'd really pursue music uh, professionally. But I knew that it's something that I loved, that we actually developed as into our teens and when you actually got to be at high school. Yeah, I, I, I got into music quite early, very early, because I felt that I've got talent in it. And uh, my my brother just saw how talented and how... Hmm, interested. Interested, I mean, in music. Mm. He just decided, okay, maybe my brother has got, it, got something. Yeah. To be honest, Benji, uh, Mark is the actual musician in the family. For me, I was just winging it. Initially, I was just winging it, to be honest. I was just following Mark around. Mark would actually go to uh, FUBA at the time, yes, and there was yes. a school, music school, a school called FUBA, which was across Kipis. I don't know if people still know, but next to the market theater, there was a music school there. But we were not students. We used to just sneak in and, play, and, and play with the piano there when the I classes see. are out. And yeah. we'd be chased out, and, and we kept on going back. <laughs> we kept on going back, yeah. Well, what were you listening to then, musically? I mean, who influenced your early style or your early development? Uh, we have nobody. We just like the music that we liked then, we, we, we got into it, very well, much so. But I will also stress the fact that we listened to all kinds of music. But um, we leaned more towards international music, to be honest. This is what actually, I'm talking about Bonnie M, Leo Sayer, uh, people that were famous at the time, ABBA. Mm -hmm. We also listened to Mathlatine and all, because you, you couldn't actually uh, ignore the music that was happening at the time. But I will say what we enjoyed most was listening to international music. So it was a bit of a melting pot then of, of, of different yes. things, of, of, of stuff happening in South Africa, yes. from South African music, and then... Because I think the Mark Alex sound was definitely a pop sound. It's not something that no, that, yes. that it, it was unique at definitely. the time. It's still unique. I definitely. mean, so that obviously was a result of these different worlds colliding with you. Totally. Um, when did it become clear to both of you as brothers that yes. you had something special together? When we started singing together, we actually fell together. Yeah. We had all bit of garage bands, you know. I remember yeah. at high school, so, at Orlando High School. Yeah, yeah, but but then I'm just saying, you know, we 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 started by just knowing that we have something between us, yeah. whether we can do it together or not. We don't. We didn't know. Yes. Until until, um, you know, we we kind of got into, uh, I'd say, singing in a band. Mm. Then we said, no, we can do this together. Yeah, this is fine. But you know, a very interesting story, Benji, is that after school, when we used to go to Hollander High School, we used to go to the same high school in Soweto here. So somehow, I don't know how Mark got involved with this band called August Formation, which was in Lens. Mm -hmm. The interest was always there to actually yeah. get into music. Yes. We used to take a train from Orlando and go all the way to Lens and rehearse, and we were doing cover versions at the time, singing anything from... Shalama to, you know, doing cool cover gang cool in the gang. Yeah. And Mark was a person that really was the music and more talented as it were, you know. For me, I just actually like tagged along and we found that, you know, as we sing together, there is something that is a little different. I have to say that Mark was the one that started actually moved professional. But before even going there, Benj, mm. 
Mark used to play, you know, at school. At, when he, he's a yes. teacher by profession. So it, sometimes he would, there's a piano at school or something like yes. that. Yes. The one thing I've noticed now, and as I think I said to you earlier, when I was driving, I was, yes. I was listening to the album again yeah. for the first time in years. And, and what, what struck me is the, the special vocal bond that you have yes. together. Yes. Where it's almost like a call and answer thing. So Mark does, the first two lines mm-hmm. of the song, then you, Alex, come in and you do the next line, and then you come in on the chorus and harmonize. Yes. So it's very much kind of, almost a gospely kind of feel to the way that you interact as singers. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it came naturally, man. When we started singing together, we were in sync. And Mark sang with other people, trying to do other things, but there was something special about when we actually got together and started and singing together. And that happened together, yeah. at Rick Wolf Studios. I'm sure you're going to get into yeah, that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. So we tried doing other things on our own, but there was just something that made sense when we started singing together. Yeah, yeah. And it was a lot more fun, and it made... I can listen to songs like, you know, from Wham and, and other artists that were... We started, you know, mimicking some of the people, and then it was actually... We started doing it together, and it was... Talking about Rick Wolf, I'm Rick glad you raised that. Let's yeah. let's fast forward to 1988. How did you meet Rick Wolf? Okay. How did you make a transition from playing in cover bands and, and playing piano and then start doing demos and everything like that? Right. Let me take a little back, you know, just the details of it. Mark used to be sound engineer for Phil Hollis. What was his company's name? I forgot. Defon. with the Chicos and the Vaughns and whoever, yes. all those people that were bubblegum people in the 80s. Mark used to work in a demo studio. He even did a couple of songs with another lady. And so Rick Wolf used to record songs for Defon. He had a little studio called Studio 5 in Commissioner Street at the time. Yes. For some reason, Mark actually went, went to visit. For me, it was one weekend. I just I tagged along. I used to take along as usual. Take along mm-hmm. with Mark. He went into Rick Studios that particular day and we started chatting, you know, as people would in a studio. And then he played a few songs of his and then Mark said, you know what, I think I can sing that, I think. Yes. And he had his own demos that he was doing. But we were just chatting. Mark was already, you know, familiar with all of them. I was not. But as we said there, believe it or not, the song that Mark sang for Rick was Starving Love. Starving Love, yes. And from that song, Rick listened to the phone. This is a little different. To people that, it was only Rick that sang that song, quite honestly. Yeah, and then Mark came Rick. in. And yeah. uh, the way Mark executed the song, the way he sounded on the song, it was still a demo. Rick felt, guys, let's do some more songs. You know, we did two, three more songs or something. Yeah. Before you knew it, we had about four. You know, we, you know, struck up a friendship with Rick. And it I know, he liked it. He liked the first time he heard that stuff. The vibe he that did, we had. That he did. When, when we did it, it was something different, like totally different. And he decided, no, I think I want to work with these guys. So were you writing in the studio at that particular point? Initially, he had the song. And Mark sang uh, some lines on the songs. Yes. And then only after then did we start writing together. Okay. Yes. He also felt like as much as this was different to what was happening at the time, no one except ourselves, we felt this is great. Something needs to happen with this because the sound that was happening at the time was not at all what we were doing. No. Yeah, the agreed. sound yeah. was very much bubble gum. It was the Chico's of the oh, day. Wow. As you can imagine, all record companies were leaning towards that. They didn't have the vision of saying, let's be a little different. Yeah. It's funny how you mention that because 
that's something to point out is that Mark Alex were very different to everybody. No, that's and that's what attracted me. I remember Rick Wolf yes. coming to the office in Parktown. Yes. <laughs> and playing me some songs. There was Heartbreak in Love, Tomorrow, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. later. And I remember being blown away how's, how pop this was. And pop in an international sense, yes. not in a local sense. I mean, to me, it was the equal of what was happening with Wham and with Duran, Duran, everything mm-hmm. like it, and Sade, just great songs. He played this to me and I was like, wow, who are these guys? Well, you called Mark Alex no, at that point. Not at all. Mark and Alex. Mark and Alex. <laughs> right. to, to be honest, Benj, we didn't even have, we didn't have a name yeah. as Mark and Alex. We didn't even have a name. As, we were not a band. We only did a couple of demos, to be honest. You, you know what's interesting, Benj, is that before you actually listen to the songs, believe it or not, we did shop them around a bit. And everybody oh. was like, hey, this is too intentional. This is for us. You know, Why don't you sound like this guy? Come and someone, Ali Kett was do something local. <laughs> so to be, and at the time, it was my gap year. And I was actually thinking, you know what? I think I'm just going to go to college or to varsity or something. And it was my gap year. And I was thinking, let's just see. what I was not as invested as I was. I was actually thinking about other things, thinking maybe I should do something else. And then the demo landed at your desk. And mm. I, you, you have no idea just how joyful that was. Because it, it came... Totally unexpected. Mm. What you may not know, Ben, is that we did not anticipate that someone is going to say, whoa, Ooh, for yeah, us, it was, this. whoa, yeah. this is great. We were just singing. We're just like, okay, let's do our own songs. We tried, we didn't want to sound like anybody else. Let's just see what happens out of this. And not to mention the fact that guys from Soweto were not supposed to sound the way we did and mm. love the music the way it did. But I just want to hear what actually attracted to it, Benj. Here's the interesting thing yeah. is by 88, I had a big role from 82 through to about 85 with Evoid Petit Evoid. Cheval yes, and, and, yes, and Lizzie yes. Ray Darling and everything. But there was a two-year period where I didn't sign anything because, quite frankly, the music I was hearing was boring. Yes. Uh-huh. There weren't great songs. And as you, I think we've uh-huh. had many discussions, the three of us, about the importance of songs. Mm-hmm. When I heard these songs, I went, Wow. This is something completely different. Yes. It's an instinctive thing. Somebody asked me mm. the other day is, how do you gauge who you're going to sign? And I, I don't. I, I can't tell you. No. You know, that, that there's, there, there's no magic thing. that I, It's just something says this is worth putting out. And so I heard the songs and I said to Rick, I want to do this. And so those songs came. You know, he went away and, and, and worked on the album together. And I no, think... You know what? I don't want to actually downplay this. You have no idea... Just to know that we were signed or someone was even interested, you don't know what how how much that changed Yo. our lives Yo. completely. I'm, I'm talking about not actually. I'm, this is before we we're even like Mark Alex. You know, Mark Alex. I'm just talking about just to know that there's a record company that's interested in Inside. this sound and we're black and something us. that we do because after a while, when you keep hearing all those no's, you assume that ah, no, no one's gonna get this, mm-hmm. you know. Fortunately, you got it.
It's happened to me a few times in my career, and I'm grateful for that. But for me, it was because it was so different. The songs were great. The songs that I could sing, I could hear them in my head. That's the kernel of a great song, is it when is. you hear it once, you wait to hear that hook again. Again, yes. And Heartbreaking Love, immediately I said, that's a single. That's, yeah. that's going to be a smash. <laughs> it was completely different. It was yeah. also production-wise very different. Yes. It, was that, it had that real fat bottom yes. end. If you listen to Mark Alex now, mm. whether on CD or on vinyl, mm. you hear that unique fat bottom end that Mark Alex had. So I heard all of these songs, and music is full of myths and mm. legends. Yeah. And I've been racking my brains, and I think, Mark, you'll be able to get this one. I've been racking my brains how we came up with Quick Quick, because as I remember on the cassette, which I've got somewhere, mm-hmm. there was a song called Di Machero. Di Machero, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and that was going to be on the album. Yeah. Yep. And I remember, this is what I remember, you, yeah. you're going to have to kind of tell yeah. me. <laughs> I remember you coming to me and playing me a cassette demo version of Quick Quick. Yes. And I went, oh, my God, that's a smash. Now, how do you remember that? Oh, man, I don't remember that much. <laughs> let me, let me, let me, what do you, what do you, what do you think? He remembers. <laughs> you know, uh, for starters, Quick Quick was the very last song. Correct. Yeah, to be nice. written. Right. Because we had songs, we brought songs to you, and there had been a, a demo initially, but it was not well done. But the, you actually kept on saying, you know what, guys, go back again. Let's see what else you actually have got. It was the very last song that Mark put together. And it, and the song is called Quick Quick, and it was quick to put together, even to make. Yeah. It was the easiest to do. Quick Quick has been very good to Mark, by the way, I will tell you. <laughs> I'm sure. But, oh, it's been very, very good, I will tell you. As a writer, yeah. As a writer, sure. oh, no, no, absolutely. Because when I had Quick Quick for the first time, I felt it was a little different. And you know, no one was actually on the offbeat type of thing. Everyone was on the on thing. And the last song that we actually wrote uh, at Rick's studios, Rick, Rick also, also had a studio at home, if you yes, remember. remember. It was the last song to be written. And it came out the way it did because there was a lot of fun putting it together. I didn't even know why you came up with it. You don't even remember how you came up with the song, do you, Mark? All I remember is that I just wanted something happy. Oh, well, quick, quick, baby, come and play. Oh, well, I don't know this game.
Quick Quick is one of the happiest songs right. in the last 30 years. Whenever I've heard it on radio, yes. I've always like turned it up. And yeah. It's just so joyous, it's nice. you know, yeah. uh, as a song. So here we had, we had, we had assembled this album. I had Mark and Alex. <laughs> um, we came up and said, well, let's call it Mark Alex. Yeah, um, no, no, I remember you, you sat down, you know, we sat down, all of us and Rick. And then, and uh, we brainstormed the whole thing. Yes. And then we, we came up with that. And then, of course, we had this, I knew we had a great record. I mean, I, I, I knew that. Did I know how big? No. Nice. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't no. ever. No, no, you, yes. can you can never say, like with Quick Quick, you can never say, oh, oh, it's got number one record, mm-hmm. it's going to be around for 50 years. Mm-hmm. You don't know at the time. No. The fact that it has is, is, is absolutely you amazing. Know, I, I can tell you a funny story very quickly, Benj. Mm. Going from being a completely unknown person, and then uh, we finished the album. I don't know how, how far, where you are, where you're talking about, Benj, but I have to, while I'm still, while it's still fresh in my head. Being a t- completely unknown person, and we're going to photo shoots, we're putting together Mark Alex, the album, the professionalism that I don't even see it so much these days. I don't, it's not no. done like that anymore. No, you know, it's, it's like not, no. there was a lot of attention put on us, put on the songs, put on how the whole thing is going to, you, you, obviously, it was your brainchild when it comes to how you put it together, what did you Well, do I think, no, I think it was a collective. I remember it being very yeah. much a collective. There was, there was Mark and Alex and Rick, right, from the sound, yeah. and, and myself on the music. Mm-hmm. And then we brought in, you remember, uh, Megan Kruger yeah. and Debbie Wellman oh, yeah, yes. from Network to do the styling. Mm-hmm. And they came up with that classic Mark Alex look. That black and white with it red. was on the Sunday red. Times magazine when uh, I saw that. I still have it somewhere. You, you come from a completely unknown two guys from Soweto Deep Clue, and suddenly you're in the front of the even the, it was a big deal to have in a fold, yeah. uh, folder, fold or poster, folder yeah. poster, yeah. And we are kind of Sunday times. In those days, it was a big deal with the late Peter Feldman also writing about us, completely unknowns, and. South African sensation. I mean, it was definitely a composite by a lot of people. There, there was Fiona Schenkman, mm. there was, uh, yes. there was so, Vicky Williams. Yes, the whole of Tusk mobilized behind Mark Alex. Yes. And then we went out with Heartbreaking Love. And I remember, and this is a story that you probably don't know, is I remember JB and him taking it to radio and it exploding at radio. And Bev, who was the music manager at 5FM, phoning me up saying, listen, this record, the phones are blowing up on this record. Where are these guys from? Are they New York? Are they, where, where are they American? I go, no. I said, are you sitting down? And I said, no, they, they're a duo from Soweto. And there was this deathly silence. Because, and let's talk about this. Music back then was very segregated on radio. Yes, it was. I mean, it was Com- a problem completely. for artists and it was a problem for labels yes. is that everyone was pigeonholed. You know, you were a True. white band, you were on 5FM, you were a black man, you were on Metro or, or, or one of the oh, vernacular yes. stations. Mark Alex broke that mold we because did. all of a sudden... They went, this is a great tune, and it didn't really matter who it was by. So we got our first number one there. I remember that distinctly. And then the album just started blowing up. I remember that. uh, Heartbreaking Love started things very well. I remember um, sitting in a taxi at the time. I didn't even have a car at the time, Benj. And then uh, (laughs) the song came on. And then I don't know. You know, I felt like telling everybody that, you know what, this is my song. 
And I just smiled on my own. I'm sitting in a taxi. I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm thinking, I wish I could scream and tell everyone this is my song. The feeling was fantastic. You know, only few people get to experience that. Especially at the time. You have to understand, hearing us in a white radio station, is not many black folks from Soweto were being played. We're even thinking about the it. The only person that came close to, you know, Super Mabuse did with Ben out a bit. Yeah. And maybe there was a, a, a group called Joy. Joy. Paradise Road. Paradise Road. Yeah. 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 That was fantastic. Which is just a few out of many people that were actually trying to crack the... Yeah. So for us to actually hear ourselves on those stations... And they all speak, and they black speak about us like any, any, any other band, you know? It's not that... Well, that, I think that's the beauty about music. is It's all about the song and, mm-hmm. and, and the delivery of the song and the talent of the artist. Yes. We were... and still live in this country that went through some tremendous problems. I always say that Mark Alex was part of that soundtrack to democracy. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Because you remember in 88, going into 89, there was this hope happening yes. in, in the streets that something was coming, coming. Something was coming. Tomorrow, oh. the song Tomorrow from that first album, oh. it's eerie. I was listening to it now. It talks about Today. what was happening. Mm, you know, and and what, everybody what? had to be free. Tomorrow. It's still relevant, that song. Totally. Yes. It now. is totally mm-hmm. relevant. Not to mention the fact that the way uh, the white community embraced us, I have to be honest, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was really pleasantly surprised coming oh, from Soweto. Everybody embraced us. It was just Mark Alex. It was not Mark Alex, the black group from no. Soweto. No. No. It was just Mark Alex. And at the time... When things were changing, Nelson Mandela was about to come out of prison and he came out of prison. We even managed to meet him. Right, we, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Remember, remember, ben, yeah. we've got pictures with the man. We, we have, we do. And he, <laughs> different, he would come, oh my God, we even performed and we actually performed at Ellis Park Stadium with him. Yeah. He was there yeah. too, mm. you know. And he actually liked us. He said, he was a, he was a happy dude. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Heartbreaking Love went to number one on five, but also yes. went to number one on Metro. Yes. And that year in 88, you won the Octave Award. 
October World for Best like, Newcomer, yes. which is now, which similar is, what is like uh, what, what the Psalms are. Is. It's a precursor to the Psalms. Oh, I remember Alex J calling our name. Oh, and that must have goodness. been so satisfying for you. Man, you have no idea. You have to understand, at the time, bands that were big, I remember the day, that year, uh, Brenda Farsi won Too Late for Mama, whatever, mm. and with uh, Chico. For us, just to be on stage and our name is called as Best New Song. Newcomer. And Best Newcomer, yeah. It was fantastic because we were just totally unknowns and suddenly we were a household name. Well, that was followed by Quick Quick. It set the stage for Quick Quick. Oh, yes. Which went to number one in June of 89, making you the only South African artist to have back-to-back number ones on 5FM within a six-month period. And, I mean, that just exploded everything. I I still have pictures of uh, us getting an award from Radio 5 with Fiona and Lance Rothschild. And getting that award to be the first band, it was just fantastic. You know, I felt so good about that because not many people were doing that at the time, especially from Soweto. And then, of course, we did that famous tour of Cape Town. Oh, <laughs> where I, we played the Good Hope Center, yeah. Idols, Good Hope Center. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, Nor would I. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to chase the girls out of the rooms uh, every morning when I, when we were going to work there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, your fans were fanatical. All you know, the, the first especially time, the girls. First time in Cape Town, we did a gig. Uh, Roddy Queen was on. That's list. right. Yeah, and Roddy. Yeah. Roddy, uh, we went to Durban with him. We, we, the three of us dro- drove to Durban. But the first gig we've ever done as Mark Alex, it was at Idols Club. It was at uh, Idols uh, Club, uh, an, uh, club called Cape Idols Town. in Cape Town. Right. I think it's on Long Street. It was on Long Street at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Long Street. Mm-hmm. People were just queuing all around the club. It was just too packed and we couldn't. But what sticks in my head about that period, it was when we were at the hotel. And there were kids downstairs knowing that Mark Alex is in the hotel room there. Mm. And I opened the window up and there are people shouting Mark Alex from downstairs. I was like, <laughs> we are on to something great. Yeah. It was a, it was Beatlemania. Yeah. I mean, that it was, was fantastic. It was, it was, it was like, it was, it was are you not, kidding me? It was number one. Then, here's a uh, quick story. Now we go to a mall. Uh, there was going to be a signing, Mark Alex signing. I know, which um, is okay, uh, bizarre. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The whole mall shut down and people were actually going crazy. And people were well, used, things Mark and saved me from getting crushed. <laughs> because what it was the OK Bazaar in Mitchell's, in Mitchell's Lane. Plane. And I remember <laughs> us going there and arriving there and there were hundreds of girls. <laughs> and, and I went, OK. And they had all these racks with the Mark Alex album. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we arrived and people were screaming. I, I mean, it was insane. And as we moved from the little stage, where I think you did a, a little performance, performance yeah. and moved to the tills where you were going to sign, yeah. the racks just emptied. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they were buying them or stealing them. (laughs) But I remember getting trapped against one of the pills and you on the other side pulling me out and dumping me down over there. That was fantastic. You know, when I look back, when I tell uh, my kids these things, you don't know anything. I see people being famous. I said, you don't know what we did. You don't know. (laughs) If only there were, you know, there were cell phones at the time. Believe me, it would have blown out. Would have actually been a hashtag. Mark Alex in Cape Town, Mitchell's plane. Yeah. People (laughs) stealing. That was really good. Yeah. That whole vibe, that whole period that we're in Cape Town, they made us 
then you know look like okay, super these guys these guys have, have arrived right. these yeah. guys are raw so we'd had heartbreak in love we'd had quick quick, quick, quick. we went out with tomorrow yeah. was the next single and then with the album went gold and we yes. had that big that i also big, have to mention Benj, one thing that was helpful to us because we were visual artists mm. as well because when we did videos our videos were ahead of time and mm. many people are doing videos like we did because fortunately every single we had that actually went sky high it was something that you know we had a fantastic video to back it up we had beautiful because people said hey, you guys are not your chips your videos are not cheap at the time they used to look good we used to actually have mm. good directors good storylines and the songs also helped yes they would listen to the music on radio and feel oh, okay this is great i wonder what these guys mean from london or something and then visuals come the videos come and pictures and and then they actually get to be very fascinated by the fact that it's guys like them from soweto and the, you know it used to be such yeah, a big not deal. even yeah like from soweto mm-hmm. did you experience any resentment and jealousy in the music community about the success of mark alex no none no, no. I mean, particularly in the townships and no no they were very happy for us to have the fact that we have actually lifted Soweto like that. The fact yeah. that two guys from Deep Kloof can actually come up with a sound like this. Mm. So there was a lot of admiration. To an extent that, Bench, to this day, when a Mark Alex song comes out and people, some people still see that, Mark, this is Mark Alex, this is Alex. To this very day, this is over 30 years ago. Yeah. Mm. There's still respect in terms of what we did. It transcended a whole lot of things. It transcended time and... Uh, white communities black communities colored all different people actually really appreciated what we're doing so it was all positive to be honest yeah so again moving forward 1990 dawns right 1990. all these changes are happening around yes. south africa yes. i go to america yes i go to see a guy called steve get at atco records mm. he listens to the album and freaks dashes into his boss the md and plays him that he freaks so we want to sign this we want to do this and of course i was elated i think i came back and i told you Yo. and then they came up <laughs> they remember. said listen you've got to we've got to do remixes oh. of quick quick and heartbreaking love oh. and we've got to do some new songs for the american market because right. the album as it stood in its original they didn't feel was right for america after many discussions between us and them The three of us get on a plane. <laughs> we fly to London. Best time. Do you remember? And Best. we go to PWL. Now, a lot of people don't know PWL as a name, but if you think of what hits came out of the PWL wow. studios, you know, Rick Astley, Kylie um, Minogue, Sinita, Jason Donovan. I mean, they at, in the 80s were the, the pop hit makers in Britain. Yeah. So we arrive... Uh, the three of us, and get stuck in with Ian Kernow and Phil Hardy. <laughs> Remember Hardy. them? Yeah. I've got a beautiful picture of the three of us with them, all of us wearing sunglasses yeah, yeah. in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So there we did we did the remixes of Quick Quick. quick. We, we did, did uh, Stop Before You Go. Yes. Do you remember Stop Before You yeah. Go? And we did uh, Can You Feel It? Can You Feel It? And My Life, My, my Life, My Everything. My yes. Which, uh, let's just touch on that song because... You know, when it comes up on radio, I, I mean, I recognize it, but in a way I don't. I kind of go, wow, this is 
Wow, this is a great ballad, <laughs> you know. And it is as good as Care the Swiss, but yeah. Yeah, it probably it's the song that I'm most proud from Mark Alex. I'm proudest of that song because it stood the test of time, you know. To this very day, you can at any given moment hear my life, my life on a different station. And people will never forget Mark Alex, obviously from Quick Quick, but it's the song that I think will really uh, signify Mark Alex, especially when it comes to ballads, I guess. remember about the UK? What sticks out in your mind about that experience? It's the time that I spent in the studio with the guys. And and the way we spoke. We spoke, we spoke, didn't speak like there's a, a young person or an older person. We just spoke like... We're know, equals. We're, equals. we're just musicians yeah, actually in the studio. Musicians. For me, what sticks out obviously is just being in London for the first time in my life. Actually, it was my first overseas trip. Right. It, was, it was my second. <laughs> and uh, obviously seeing all these placards, when you actually get to the reception, you see people that have worked in the studios and the money that these people have actually generated and the, the, the reputation that they had. And just and I remember watching TV and there was Seal he was with Adimski at the time before right. killer. He, yeah. Yeah. Before he, he did kill you know. And then, and and then I was like, I saw him. I saw him not, with know, the guitar. Yeah, with walking the guitar. outside in London. Uh, uh, out there and walking around. Still was not famous at the time. No. He just come up. He was still with the And I thought, yeah, this guy's is nice. And I have to say, I also remember seeing BMWs from the guys that were parking the park. There's lots of money here. These guys are doing great. But just, you know, Benj, you know, the, the, the fact that we're actually in London and recording, it was a dream come true. I don't think we even had that type of dream. I, I didn't have that dream, to be honest. It was just something that it just happened. One album in, and here we are in London, we're recording. And then, and then we, New York. Then New York. <laughs> then we land in the Big Apple you know. with Keith Casey Cohen yes. and David Frank. David Frank. Yes, That's yes. where you cut Boys Be Boys. 
Yeah. Um, sudden changes, sudden. and I've had enough. Yes. yes. Uh, they were hot at the time, David Frank and Casey oh, Cohen. Definitely. It was even before Gin in a Bottle, which David Frank did with uh, Christina Aguilera. Right. Yes. But uh, they, were, they were called The System. The group called The System. Yeah. Right. Here's a funny story about that I remember about New York. We go to a restaurant, the three of us. It was the first time I actually like uh, experienced sushi. <laughs> I was going to try sushi. The first time in New York, we go to a restaurant. We're sitting there with Mark. Uh, he's looking at sushi and he's not aware what wasabi is. He's thinking it's avocado or something. Yeah, I remember it so well. And he, he takes took a the, big chunk of it. He takes his chopsticks and we're busy talking. <laughs> and he takes a whole lump and puts it in his mouth. I'll never is forget. That he nearly, nearly died. <laughs> Well, yeah, there was that, yeah. and then walking down Manhattan together. Manhattan, just being all the in New York, all the, the hustlers apple. and the, you know, I mean, it was amazing. When nice. I used to walk, when I go nice. to Central Park, and I'm like, this is the America that everybody's talking about, and I'm in the middle of it. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm not just here on a holiday, I'm doing music. I'm working. And I was like, my goodness, this is, you can't, in such stories, you can't actually... So Atco then put out a version of the album, which has yeah. the same cover as South Africa yes. of the first album. Yeah. We go back to South Africa and yeah. we've got these new songs, yeah. including Boys Be Boys, Boys, Be Boys yes. which again, if you listen to it, is completely different to anything else, anything else. that yes. was happening. What happens? We have another one, another number one record. Not even two years later, we've been to England, been to America, we've recorded there, we've had all this amazing success, come back. Was it a bit of a letdown when you came back from America? To Not for home. me. I remember very well when we also, it was just a continuation of where we actually stopped when we went to America to record. But yes. for me, I was just proud of the fact yeah. that, you know what, we actually did get an international company to be interested in what we're doing. And when we came back with uh, My Life, My Love, mm. which, to be honest, it it, it 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 made us an artist that are slightly different, not slightly, a lot different now that I think of it, but it took us to another level as well. My Life, My Life, in my opinion, it also took us to another level, to a certain audience. And the fact that... Uh, the ballad, the Kelly Whispers were very popular at the time, and we come up with My Life, My Love, and which was totally, you'd not, when you listen to My Life, My Life, you won't instantly think this is, is a sound from Soweto or sound from, from two guys from Soweto. There was something very special, and that, that is still special about My Life, My Love. Well, but it doesn't even sound 30 years old. No. I mean, it, it, no. it, it sounds, sounds current, you know? No. So we came back, you came back, things were still happening over there, and you guys were workaholics. You were always in the studio. Yes. And you went straight fun. back into doing Yeah, the third album. We yes, did Yeah. We did Yeah. 
and and things started changing from there. Mm. Yeah, because what happened is that the you you said we must go in and do what we can, concentrate more on what was happening locally. Yes, and I think for me personally, I feel maybe we should have stuck it out doing what we started with. Yes. But you know what? Look, at the time, I was not actually opposed to what was happening what, because was, we also mm. wanted to explore some of the sounds that were happening locally and trying to actually bring the sound to South Africa a little more. And then we did, yeah. But I was actually happy with many of the mm. songs that were there, you know. And, yes, I mean, you had uh, what Never Never was Never, on there, right? Yes. Which Never, actually Never. took Vicky Simpson to another level. Yeah, and, oh, it, it was it, it was fantastic. When I look back and we did fantastic our videos, Benji, I have to tell you, our the videos wonderful. were on fire. Great. To this day, yeah. when I actually get to see more Galaxy videos, well, they don't get to play so as much, but I, I have some of them at home. And I look at it and I feel we're steps ahead of everybody else at the time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, and then 92, you did Waking Up. Waking which, up. which was the album that you produced yourselves? Was it Yeah or was it Waking Up? It was Yeah. It was, was it Yeah you did no, yourself? No, no, no. Uh, yes, but also... The very last one, enjoy. You remember enjoy. we went to Austria. Yeah. We actually went. There was a friend, the friend of ours called Langhans, yeah. who was in Germany, and you know he invited us there to actually come and and, and do a couple of things with him. It's a long story, Bench, but we started the whole thing. We went to Austria, we went to Germany. We started doing demos with some guys that called Jingle Boys, and we, we did uh, enjoy. And then we came back and worked with Shane Wellington. It was something that we did for ourselves. We put it together ourselves. We financed the actual album ourselves. Mm. I'd already left Tusk. I'd, yes. I'd, Tusk yes. had been sold so to, to yes. Gala or was in the process Teal. of... Uh, no, to Gala. To Ga oh, yes. Yeah, yes, I was Gala. in the process of being sold to Gala and I kind of left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where... Yeah, yeah. I, no, no. Honestly, also having not having the same team that we had when mm. we started with, it started making things a little different. But you know what? Nonetheless, I'm proud of the music. It was what we did at the time. And I have absolutely no regrets. Certain things maybe could have been different. Like, life, that's what life you call, you know, in hindsight, it's just part of life. You know what mm. I'm saying? But I'm pleased with what we did. What did you do in between all of that? I mean, were you guys still working live or? Yeah, we were working live. We did. We did we a few working, live working gigs. Working. Some of us, or like me, I got married. <laughs> mm -hmm. Life changed totally. And I got into business, starting doing, I had a communications company with my then wife, and uh, we did fantastic. We did very well, you know, and to an extent, you know, sometimes, and uh, music took a backseat for many years for me, mm. personally. And um, and, um, and I, I started being sick, started being sick and getting better now and then, but music always stayed in my head. Mm. You know, Were you still writing at that yeah, point? Yeah, I was writing. Uh, he did. You know, I remember when we came back f after doing Enjoy Bench, just to be on a more personal level. When we actually came back from Austria to actually the Enjoy album, I did notice that Mark was struggling with a couple of things, you know. I don't know what it was, basically. But when we came back from Austria and it became a little difficult to continue with Mark Alex because Mark had to actually get to get himself together because he was not feeling very well, you know. And Mark Alex didn't become a priority. And then while he's busy trying to sort himself out, I had gotten married and started doing other things. Mark has done a whole lot of different things. He still worked with Rick and doing mm -hmm. different things mm -hmm. and ended up also working at Samro and you know, all sorts of different things that he did. 
So at, at some point, we were really apart. You know, I was doing mm. something else, doing my life, doing his life. Michael X took a, a back burner, to be honest. Mm. But, you know, later on again, we'd come back we'll come and back, do yeah. things. Every time there'd be a worthwhile gig to do that is high profile and it pays nice money, we'd get together and we'd mm. do it. When you do look back at it, you've had an amazing career, if you think about it. Oh, I mean, wonderful. what do you what do you think Mark Alex contributed to, to pop music? What do you think was the essence of what Mark Alex brought? I would say there was a whole lot of inclusiveness. It, we, we, we brought people together, you know. There was no ceiling, you know. We actually, there was no partitions. We were not pigeonholed. We actually felt music is universal. It can be enjoyed by everyone. And when Mark Alex came out, it was at a time when there was a lot of change happening in the country. So we also were uh, helpful in ushering the new South Africa, as mm. it were. Mm. So I would say we contributed in a sense that we actually made sure that music is enjoyed by everyone. There's no white music, black music, and we're played on all radio stations. Actually, that's one of our biggest uh, contributions. Really. Do, do you still get fans recognizing you in the street? I mean, do people oh, still... All the time. All the really? Time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. It's a pity we don't have a really dedicated video channel here, you know, yes. so that... At least they would Videos are bit. quick, quick, and... and, yeah. and Heartbreak in Love and all of those wonderful videos. Yes. They're very relevant. The other day, Bench, we actually were on SABC2. Did you see the program we did together? No, no. You didn't see it? No. My goodness, Bench. We actually, the one that where there was Rick and there was yourself and it was called... Uh, uh, I remember recording that. They came to my shop, did they? I never saw it, Bench. I never saw it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to actually send you a link. Of I would love to see it. It's It was fantastic. It was a half an hour long. It spoke about Mark Alex that um, I thought you saw it Benji they, they didn't even tell you they didn't give you a heads up the no they didn't I mean they, these people found me out of nowhere and said we're doing this thing on Mark Alex and they came in Benji. I think they shot it at the shop mm-hmm. and and they came in uh, you know me blah 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 and everything and I that's the last I it ever heard of it. It came out prime time on a Sunday evening oh. when everyone was at home and it passed for a good 30 minutes. And I'm like thinking, it's 2023. Here I am on TV for half an hour. You know? My goodness. Bench. And we all came. They did nicely. They edited oh, it Oh, well, nicely. then send that to me. Oh, what, what, do you, do that. what goes through your head <laughs> when you're driving around <laughs> or you go to a party and somebody plays Quick, quick, or tomorrow, or boys, you go. What goes through your head now? Yeah, look, like, that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Really, it's crazy because it's no. 2023. Mm. I go and to this, bench, and then someone would say, Oh, Alex, you said you, and then someone just played. You know, if, sometimes they would see me, and then they'll play it just to. It, it always brings, brings joy, to be honest. Yeah. It's always, I, I feel very proud. And there will always people get fascinated by the fact that, my goodness, this is you, Alex. And fortunately, you know, we're still in one piece. We're not missing teeth. Yeah. We're, yes. we're still, wow, good, you know. Yeah. We're very fortunate in the fact that, you know, the music uh, route tends to have casualties on mm. its way, you know. But somehow we managed to keep ourselves together yeah. with, in the way we were brought up and we still st- we had our own struggles up and down life, mm-hmm. well, but we're still in one piece. Mm-hmm. We're still moving forward. We can still sing. Mm-hmm. We are actually even entertaining, like doing some ballad thing at some point. As much as we're busy with other things at the moment, but 
to be honest, we're just grateful that we had a career and we can look back with pride that we've actually done the things that we have. Yeah. The music business has changed. Well, we yeah. all know that. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's, to me, it doesn't compare to the time when we were, were doing music. No. What advice would you give to young artists who write their own songs and who want to break out of the mold? Because unfortunately at the moment, popular music seems to be one mold. Mm. And everybody has to fit in there. Yes. And so if Mark Alex came out now, would it get a shot? I mean, what is your advice to young musicians? It's important to stick to your guns, Bench. Believe in yourself and don't let people actually deter you from your... It sounds like a cliche, I know. When you believe in something, you need to stick with it. And I also have to say that uh, don't get caught up in the hype and don't get into the drug things and all things that actually come with being a musician. Yeah. You need to focus as a musician. Yes. It, it may be fun. When we're younger, you pay for those years when you are much older. But yeah, generally, yeah. I would say write your songs, publish them, make sure that you actually keep your music. You'll be amazed, Benj, at what it is that Quick Quick has done for us, has done for Mark at this stage for many, many years, mm, you know. Yeah. And... Uh, are we pensioners now, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm the pensioner. <laughs> Me but too. You, but <laughs> annuity, oh my goodness, Ben, it's very good. I mean, See, honest, yeah. songs live forever. Songs and, live and, forever. And, forever, and, forever, and yeah. right quality songs. Right quality songs. So as I said when I opened up this chat, is that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, people remember these songs and they still sing along. Yes. So as writers, and particularly for you, Mark, and I know it's been lucrative for you, and that's a good yeah. thing, because yeah. that's your reward for writing a damn fine that's, song. That's, that's you know? yeah. Those songs will last forever, and that's a great thing. The songs will outlive us, no doubt. And I think it's important to make sure that you publish your music properly and make sure that you actually, like, you have your ducks in a row. Don't get caught up in the rock and roll lifestyle. Concentrate, love, and respect your craft while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And surround yourself with people that will actually help you see your dreams, you know? I've been speaking with Mark and Alex (laughs) Ranselli. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friends. It's been a long time. I'm so glad that we were able to get together and talk and hear the stories of the success that Mark Alex had. I want to thank you both for coming in on From the Hip. Thank, thank you, you so much, much Ben, for inviting us. We could only do this for you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for inviting us, Ben, just to relieve the Mark Alex days. Yeah. From the Hit brought to you by Solid Gold Podcasts. We'd like to thank Gala Music for allowing us to use the music. Yeah. From the Hip, lots of episodes coming Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Alex. We are Mark Alex. You've been listening to another Solid Gold production.